Oh my god. It's almost summer. Where the hell have we been for the last five months? I can't find my kazoo. Where's your kazoo, damn it? I don't know. Is this thing on? This is Big Green. I found a bunch of Tootsie Rolls. Hey. This is Big Green for June of 2018. We've got our brand new episode of Ned Trek. Ned Trek 37. Return to the Carl. <laughs> it features Edward Teller. And what, seven songs? Eight songs? I don't remember. Speak up. I don't, I don't know. Good stuff too. I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just tongue tied. I just tongue tied, Colonel. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Lee Majors. Last week on Ned Trek, a gripping courtroom drama unfolded, and one of the crew was almost held accountable for perpetrating unsavory crimes. Fortunately, Imperial privilege kicked in, and our man got away scot free. That same thing happened to me once back here on Earth. They said I was committing crimes on the set of the Six Million Dollar Man, but all I was doing was acting. They said I was a repeat offender, and then I committed super crimes on the sets of other shows. Luckily, there's no extradition treaty between me and the past. Without any further how do you do, here's an all-new episode of Ned Trek. Coming for you now, here! It's wild, Steve. It's wild! Space, the ultimate marketplace. These are the voyages of the starship Free Enterprise. Its mission of undetermined length, um, until we're canceled, I guess, to seek out strange new commodities, exploitable alien workforces, to brazenly amass the largest profits that any corporation has before. Captain's dog in a crate. On the roof. <laughs> Hi, this is Lee Majors. <laughs> Last week on Ned Trek, Captain Romney... Hey, that's me! <laughs> I guess I'm not Lee Majors. My mistake. Willard, you're not even Romney Major. You're reading the wrong line again, fool. How do you ever think you could have managed this president if you can't even read a teleprompter? <laughs> so that's what that thing is. I thought it was a robotoid that talked like me. Uh, Captain, we've been staying on no particular heading since the hippies that wrote the last episode's drug supply ran out. Anyhow, we've now gone into uncharted space. Oh no, this means they're setting us up for something extra stupid. 
An intergalactic menacing swarm of brain cells that look suspiciously like freezer-burned mini-pizzas from the producer's fridge. Something like that. What a joke. I'll have one. No cheese this time. I'll have that later rolled up into a little ball. Uh, any orders or anything? Anybody? That Italian cheese. What's that stuff called? Hey, Mr. Italian, report. That's a nice mozzarella cheese. Do you want a cappuccino with that? <laughs> I sure do. Bring it right over. Then I expect you to self-deport. Steady as we go, helmsman. I'm sure we'll bump into a plot at some point. You know, just talking about cheese reminds me of my teenage years. My days. Back when I was a teenager, great-great-uncle Brigham wanted me to go study with 50 girls at the same time. <laughs> 50 brides for one filthy rich brother, he used to say. <laughs> I suppose it's too late to just air a rerun. Can't we just throw up the one about Romney's brain being gone? That's a perennial problem. Hi, everybody. Or we could just throw up. Looks like now's a good time. Hey, I've got the computer readouts for the latest Space Emmy Awards. I'm going to check and see how many I won. I mean, how many we won for that gripping courtroom drama episode we did a little while back. Huh. I don't understand. We must have won something. You're not going to win anything, stupido. You need to be nominated for one thing. And who the hell's going to nominate you? Maybe you could get something for being the biggest grocer of the year. That's not true. I won one last year for being Best Supporting Actor. That was Forrest Tucker's award. They just crossed out the name Forrest, turned the T of Tucker into an F, and jammed it in your face so you'd go away. No, no, that's not true. <laughs> now don't worry, Mr. Pearl. We'll all still be casting our votes for you in the upcoming annual Space Neocon Awards. I think Bill Crystal is hosting again. And he can't just give all the awards to himself and to John Bolton? Nope, that would be bad form. Uh, Captain, we just lost helm control. And we're slowing down rapidly. Warp 7. Warp 6. Warp 5. Let me know when we get down to Warp 2. <laughs> I like Warp 2. You'll be the first to know. Oh no! This smells like another plot rife with super powerful aliens that make us run around and do stupid things and wear freaking togas or whatever shit they happen to find in the studio's wardrobe closet that week. It's so freaking stupid. We're at warp two now, sir. Warp one. Sublight. Sir, we've stopped. Dead in space. Oh yeah, and I guess someone hung a glowing planet prop in front of the view screen. It's the red one. Great. It's never a good sign when they pull out the red one. Yeah, it's almost as bad as that one that looks just like Earth except with no clouds around it. We won't be using that one again. It belonged to our outgoing producer, Green Baboon. After he saw some of our third season scripts, he just picked up his coat and his globe and ran out of there like he was on fire. Now he's back in the jungle living in Peace and quiet. <laughs> he was a good man. I gave him a job on that globe. 
I think, in Plastic Mumbai. How exciting is this? I see that the bridge crew really has it made up here. All kinds of visual stuff. Lights flashing screens with fantastic planets painted on them. And all the dialogue that happens. Not to mention the cameras and a director man with a megaphone and fancy director's pants. That's no director, that's Pearl. And his pants always look like that. What the hell are you doing here, Bigoto? Where's Dr. Crackerhead? Did the South rise again and knock his ass off the show? Oh, haven't you heard? He was written out of the next three episodes. I think we're juggling or wearing a shoebox for pants or something like that. What about all the racist stuff that constantly pours out of his mouth? That didn't get him written out? No, that stuff is pretty popular with the demographic that this show is trying to reach. You know, the people that buy Hungry Man frozen dinners and eat Sloppy Joes. I think the sponsors wanted him to do even more racist rants. They just hate juggling in those box pants. <laughs> poor Doc. Poor Hungry Joe. Don't worry, everybody. While I'm here, I'll do my very best to keep this show to the same standard that everyone is used to. No doubt about that. My children... You are all welcome here. Thanks, whatever you are. We've been standing around in this set all morning. It's great to know we're welcome here. Jesus. <laughs> well, it's Uncle Brigham. We've finally come upon his planet. I knew it had to be out here somewhere. I certainly never saw it around our rancho or at my other nine houses. Yes, my children. Uh, I mean, no. And of course, technically, you are not my biological children. <laughs> sure we are, Uncle. Your twelfth wife was my great-great-aunt Dill on my mother's sister's wife's mother's sister's side. She was my favorite. She always kept a pork and pickle pie in her baby carriage. That was you, idiot! Um, the captain could be close to right this time, Ned. Brigham Young had so many children that... Many of the people on the ship could in fact be related to him. You might say that he's a latter-day final frontier polygamous Moses with all the trimming. No, no, you're letting your superstitions cloud your senses. I am not a god or the LDS Moses. I am Sagan. And I have been waiting for seven million years for some civilization to harness the necessary technology to explore the cosmos and to discover this world. More like we stumbled upon it. You do know that we're at the complete mercy of the writers and producers of this crap fest. We don't even know where we're going or how to turn around. Oh, I see. Well, now that you're here... Why don't you beam down to our reception room? We are an astoundingly advanced race, but for some reason we live in a cave. Anyway, that's beside the point. Come down and meet us. I was hoping you could do us a little favor. You want a favor from us, Brainiac? What? Do you need your space storm gutters cleaned out? Or maybe your planet's version of the Three Stooges needs to be recast with bigger stooges. You shall see. I am relaying the coordinates 
of our reception area to your transporter control system. Goodbye for now. Yes, see you later, Uncle. Hey, he's quality, and he knows the protocol up here. This isn't going to be one of those whodunit flying pizza episodes, no. This is liable to be a premiere episode in our canon. Cannons? Space cannons? Maybe we could sell some weapons to these eggheads. They don't even have to work right. Broken stuff we have laying around. They won't know the difference. They won't want to use them. We can give them some purchasing incentives. You know, the usual stuff. Give them title to a bunch of planets that we don't own or care about. And then insist they pay off their debt with all the trilithium in their plastic caves. We'll be rich, I tells ya. We do have to be careful. And of course, I do want us all to be rich. Back when I made the greatest diplomatic breakthrough in the history of time and space. When I opened the door to enslave Chinese labor. You know, Mr. President, I don't think I ever really thanked you for that. You're welcome. And please notice the political rehabilitation fun bag that Henry carries around with him. It's tied around his neck. Yes, I have it here, sir. Gee, I thought that was a goiter. I didn't want to say anything. How much should I put you down for, Mr. Poole? Anyhow, as I was saying, I agree with Mr. Poole. There could be an opportunity here to richly benefit from the tyranny of our enemies. We can have the alien manufacturing sector committed to churning out crap for a capitalist consumer. At the same time, we throw a big fat monkey wrench into organized labor here at home. We use the communists abroad to scuttle the communists at home. <laughs> And all that can be done using some monkey's tool. I love it. Gee, Mr. President, sir, you've still got it. He's got it all right, and now we're stuck with it. You can put me down for five credits, Mr. Kissinger. Oh, yeah, uh, best make it two. I forgot. I need to keep some cash on hand for later today, in case we get tossed into a detention center and I have to pay off a green alien guard or something. <laughs> Green as a universal translator on this show. Money! <laughs> um, I guess I'll just wait down here then. There should be something for me to do in the meantime. We better get down to the planet set. The sooner we do, the sooner we'll get this turkey of an episode over with. Ned, is this a third season episode? I can't remember. I know I thought that last week's episode was because it was so powerfully stupid, but I turned out to be wrong. They're all third season episodes when we do them. Would you just look at this opulent chamber? Impressively high vaulted ceilings, leaded glass windows depicting scenes of great beauty and religious significance, ebony pillars that caress the eye with the gentle and familiar form of a mighty oak tree, a golden altar carved and bejeweled with the finest. This is the same stupid plastic cave set we always use. What the hell? I thought this delusional cracker was written out of the episode. 
What the hell is he doing here? Oh, someone from Continuity, who incidentally also serves as the janitorial staff, just realized that Doc sings a song in this episode. So they gave him a ring. And, um, fortunately, he didn't have any other commitments today. Ah, say, what are you saying, little Ahab? I had a reenactment of the Battle of Appomattox to go to. I was playing the victorious General Lee. Uh, Doc, that wasn't a battle. That's where the Confederacy surrendered to the Union. Revisionist history is what that is. I will never surrender. Do I look French to you, sir? Sure, whatever. Uh, there appears to be a glowing orb in the middle of this cave chamber. Looks like a giant orange glowing testicle. That must be the tabernacle testicle. <laughs> this really makes me feel at home. You know, Aunt Goink Romney had a whole set of lights just like that. Nothing like a set of big glowing testicles to celebrate Mormon patriarchy. They sure look modern, and at the same time they really matched her main living room's frontier decor. She used a buckboard for a dining room table, and she also had a stuffed American Indian cigar holder. But don't worry... None of us smoked. Um, yes. Apparently they couldn't find anything else in the studio that looked like a consciousness receptacle. <laughs> hey, do you want me to give Aunt Goink a call? No, it doesn't matter now. Anyhow, greetings again, my metaphorical children. You made it here at last. We knew that someday the seeds we planted throughout the galaxy would take root and grow, and in time come to meet their beginning. If you were expecting some potted plants, we didn't bring any. We're on a tight budget. In fact, you're looking at pretty much our entire budget, standing right there in that stuffed shirt. So what the hell? Why are you crouched down behind that plastic altar thing, Sagan? Did our producers just hire you for the voiceover? No. My consciousness is contained within this testicle. I mean receptacle. Hey, Uncle Brigham. If we rub the tabernacle testicle, can we get some wishes? <laughs> I'm running for Senate. Obviously, this guy's consciousness belongs in a different kind of receptacle. One that gets emptied once a week. Well, yes. Originally, my mind was confined solely to activities inside the orb, but slowly I became able to expand my thoughts beyond this chamber, and eventually outward into outer space. That's luck. There probably wasn't that much to do inside the orb. <laughs> you probably couldn't even fit a regulation-sized pinnacle table in there. I knew that I would eventually encounter the descendants of some of our travelers that spread into the galaxy so long ago. That's blasphemy, which is the worst kind of for me. Cockazoid life on our planet began with big god throwing sparks at lumps of clay. And then Adam gave it his own rib, so God could make it what is thy woman. And that's why Manith has it no ribs today, and yet still has a powerful desire to use rib sauce. Would you shut up, idiot? Well, that does explain why the civilizations we encounter on the show are all Anglo-Saxon humanoids. For years, I thought it was only our casting department's lack of imagination. 
Some of us refuse to work with free darkies or with a giant electric squid with a helmet on. You never know where those tentacles are going. So it is true, then, that Adam was a spaceman, and he was dispatched from right here. <laughs> Uncle Brigham, it's all true. Everything that you and the Reverend Dr. Smith said. <laughs> are there some chores my servants can do for you around this place? Are there any indigenous people you need exterminated? I have no idea what you're talking about. But yes, I do need to beg your indulgence. Oh, here it comes. Do you need us to fund the sciences, Sagan? It's not happening, bud. Not with this organization. No, no, it's simpler than that. We need your buddies. I say, sodomites! We've stumbled upon a den of latter-day Sodom and Kanache. Are you kidding? I don't think anyone in this crowd is likely to be invited to an orgy. Just look at us. Yucky is an Italian pastry dish, isn't it? What the hell's going on? Who turned on that special effects sound? And there's something wrong with the captain. His vacant smile was just wiped off his face. Wait a minute. I've seen this before. That's what would happen to Billy Graham when we talked about the Jews. Captain, are you all right? I am Sagan. I have assumed your captain's body. Ah, to live again. Heart pumping blood. Lungs filling with air. Hair big again. To live and to be again. There's a bathroom down the hall if you feel like reveling in any other bodily experiences. Wow, I've always heard that the captain was a Shakespearean actor. Now I believe it. Captain, do the Toby or not Toby line. It's from McHamilton. Shakespeare, my ass. He couldn't act his way out of a paper bag even if somebody had already ripped the bottom out of the bag. Your captain has a ridiculous body, Doctor. I criticize you both. I say, what manner of witchcraft is this? The Sodomites have transformed our captain into a zombified demon! That is superstitious nonsense. I am Sagan, and I have taken over your captain's body using advanced scientific methods. Prove that you're the captain. Tell us something that only he could possibly know. Um, I told you I am not your captain. I can't possibly tell you what he knows. Just stand there with your mouth gaping open, and that will pretty much cover it. The guy's an idiot. What have you done with the captain? Given his position now, and the positions he formerly held in government, I've been counting on his validation of my function. I say, you've drained the light life out of him. Dull childish things away. Daddy's got his belt off say. Take every piece of your soul, put it in that light thing. Leave 
Captain is unharmed. His mind and personality is contained in this glowing receptacle, although his mind doesn't generate enough energy for him to speak from there. 
His mind doesn't generate enough energy to speak comprehensibly from anywhere. I'm surprised he's able to power that light bulb in there. So how is this going to work? Are we going to have to put the big yellow lamp thing on the captain's chair on the bridge? How will he give orders or drink coffee? Do we just pour the coffee into a hole in the back? I suppose we can just roll them around from scene to scene. I've done it before with drunk petty officers back when I was in the Navy. In the Navy, I would help my fellow man. Probably would improve the show now that I think of it. Okay, Sagan, you've got what you want. Romney's carcass. Now can we go? Wait a second. The captain is running for Senate in Utah this year. How will this affect his chances on getting elected? He's running in Utah, fool. They'd vote for anything on the Republican ticket. They'd elect a garbage truck as long as it had a plastic Mormon smirk on its grill and a fascist bumper sticker above its truck nuts. No, you don't understand. We only need to inhabit your bodies temporarily, just long enough for us to build robotic receptacles. Once we have those, we will be able to move around on our own and maybe get in some tennis. We want to be among your kind. We want to help you and stop you from making the same mistakes we did all those millennia ago. We mustn't let the elitist heathen walk among us. Their secular notions are the black syrup that will corrupt the heavy white cream of our blessed ignorance. And then what, may I ask, will thy spread upon thy waffles? Uh, sir, I noticed that you said bodies? Does that mean you need to inhabit someone else besides the captain? Yes, in the other cave chamber, there are other glowing receptacles. They contain the minds of elite members of our long-dead civilization. I'm not sure which one survived the vast stretch of time. One would think that if you were able to probe outer space with your advanced mind, you would have been able to see what was going on in the room next to yours. Uh, yes, thank you for pointing that out. It's, of course, too late for a rewrite, but then again, who cares? Anyhow, let's go into the other chamber right now. I say, you're burning up that body right now. It's rejecting your leader's brain as sure as a Yankee denies his southern brother the right to call men of inferior breeds their property. I will be fine, and your captain will also be fine. Behold... It's a whole bunch of receptacles like the one you used to live in, Sagan. And there's a gumball machine, too. Looks like our prop people couldn't come up with enough glowing light balls, so they pinched the gumball machine in the hall. But wait a minute. The lights are all off on these receptacles. Only the space gumball machine seems to be getting any active current. I can't believe it. Five million years ago, someone must have hit the light switch in here and turned off all the receptacles. Damn it. Over 200 of our world's top scientists were in those units. And now only one left. But on the bright side, there'll be enough chewing gum for everybody now. Hey, this thing is still working. Does anyone want some? That's where Teller is. Oh well, so be it. We will require only two of you, Captain Romney and you, Mr. Ned. 
you will give us your bodies so that we may live again. I'll feel the sun upon my face Out in the vacuum of space Tomorrow We will walk again I'll put my turtleneck back on While Dr. Teller makes his bomb Free from receptacles of light That is a dramatic pause for a commercial break. Don't bother. We don't have any sponsors anymore. Oh, okay. Very well. We only want you to loan us your bodies for part of the show. 
and long enough for us to build our robotic hosts. Despite our great power and our vast cognitive superiority, we will not force you to do this. Now return to your ship and decide if you want to help. My head! Wow, what an odd sensation! Captain, you're back. Your consciousness was in the receptacle. What was it like, sir? It was wild. <laughs> I was alone with my thoughts. I'm sure that must have been like being in a void of stupid. Captain, do you remember where we are in the script? We're supposed to return to the ship and maybe have lunch? Of course I do. This is when I fight the corn. Or my servants do. <laughs> Let them at him. Oh, Jesus. He doesn't even know what episode we're on. Not to free Enterprise. Hi, Captain. Do I sound like the captain to you? Beam up the landed party, you lackey. Ock, I'll do it for you. Anything you want. It sounds like he's been drinking. I wonder if he drank it all. If so, I'd just like to sniff the bottle for our old time's sake. Energize! So here you all are. <laughs> all the heads of your departments. And you brought your bodies along, too. That's good. We're going to be needing some of those. <laughs> just get on with a pep talk, fool. Now let me talk about trust. I believe in trust. Trust is good. Yeah, good. And good comes from the crappish word good daddy, which refers to the part of God that inhabits a prince or the lord of the manor. He is good because he bestows upon his vassals the manna, the good and plenty, if you will. He gives them purpose in their lives. In turn, they give him their most precious commodity. And I'm not talking about some banged up old saucepan and a moth-eaten burlap bag, though we'll take those things in lieu of fees. I'm speaking about their trust. The word trust derives from the rhubarb word trumpets, which doesn't make any sense because none of us speaks trumpono. <laughs> Anyhow, sometimes the lord, the prince, the captain must draw upon that trust, that currency, that capital, in order to treat himself with a luxurious gift. You're supposed to be talking about risk, not trust, idiot. Of course, of course, risk. The word risk comes from the French word risque, which means make me rich. <laughs> we need to have risk. As a shrewd businessman, and now as your beloved captain, I know that risk is my greatest asset. Without the ability to risk other people's lives in capital, where would I be today? Certainly not where I find myself now, in my 12-car garage, sucking ersatz beverages out of plastic green coconuts. Yes, I've done well. And I owe it all to risk. Trip, I say, 
hasten to add that just because you're asked to risk your lives doesn't mean that you will all necessarily die. <laughs> of course not. Perish the thought. Some of you may live on for a while with terrible injuries. Indeed, we need some of you left for the next day's risky venture. You should all know, risk isn't something our company's adverse investors and red-shirted fodder men have a corner on. Nope. Consider the fireman and the hazmat guy. Risk is an accepted part of their lives. And if in the course of their duty they are exposed to a pile of discarded radioactive control rods in the middle of the street, well, that's completely acceptable to me. And if their hair starts to fall out, and if people start calling them old skinhead, old chrome dome, then just put on a toupee. And if half your face falls off, put on a plastic mask. <laughs> and never did the Phantom of the Opera any harm, and look how popular he was. Now we need a couple of volunteers for this poorly understood body-mind transfer proposal made by my space uncle Brigham. I could order this, but I won't. <laughs> and if no one steps forward, then all of you will experience severe repercussions. That will mean a reduction in pay, a demotion, and plenty of reprimands that will show up on permanent service records. Stuff like that. Now, do I hear a negative vote? Willard, the alien only wants you and me to do the transfer. 
And we already agreed, so can you shut up now? Sure, as long as it's all figured out. Jesus Christ, we have to speed this plot up. We're more than halfway through the show and nothing's happened yet. Welsh, get the receptacle thing and the gumball machine in here right now. Just beam them into the conference room and we'll do the transfer right here. Ach, I'm on it, sir. Here they come. Sagan, are we ready to do this? Yes, I think so. Let me just put down my science journal and my elitist herbal drink, and I'll be right with you. Okay, everything's in order. Here it goes. Eureka! We're now in the company of alien men using the bodies of our fellow officers as vessels for their outcast souls. Captain, are you all right? Your expression has suddenly changed from plastic contented to comfortably smug. I am not your captain. I am Sagan, inhabiting his body once again. And Mr. Ned, have you been transferred as well? Your expression looks the same. Hey, the gumball machine just shot a gumball out. It just missed your head, Pearl. I am Tala. This is very strange. Yes, I now sense my power. Look at you all so puny. I seem to have gotten a better deal here. This body is strong, stronger than all of yours. It can kick and run and jump and do anything far better than all of you. It can also put out way more manure. Pearl, the gumball machine is gunning for you again. Oh! In the past, I used to leave my colleagues and competitors in the dirt. Now I can quite literally and figuratively gallop past them in the mental ox carts. I can stomp on them with hooves of radioactive steel. Uh, yes. Edward, it's, uh, good to see you again. Of course, you and I are now united in our goal to help humankind from making the same mistakes that we did. And what better way of doing it than through the universal language of science? Oh, yes. I understand. Keep a lid on it. I will try, Sagan. And now, we will go to your robotics lab and begin work on two prototype androids which our minds can inhabit, and which will enable us to carry out our philanthropic mission. Yes, I will make the prototype robot that will be better than anything the universe has ever seen. I will have the power to unleash an onslaught of radioactive death upon alien landscapes, 
I will have the power to. We will be able to walk around and give lectures. We will converse with other scientists and political leaders. We will be emissaries of peace and goodwill. Ah, yes, the peace and the goodwill. You two make a pretty interesting pair. You're not trying for a spin-off show, are you? That's never worked from this platform. We can barely spin ourselves. And by the way, we really don't have a robotics bay. I suppose we could move some props into the rec room set. I can manufacture a sign that says robotics bay. It would be my pleasure. What font would you prefer? I suggest wingdings. I know. Why don't you use the Nixon robot as a blueprint for your androids? What? That primitive? He is as the dirt beneath my feet. He is as the junk that I discard after creating something fantastic. Something menacing. And something that can astound the world. The universe. What can he do? I can lift very heavy things. Just ask my legal team. Ah, see, you two are heating up the very bodies of your absent hosts. The human metabolism wasn't meant to carry all that calculating and figuring power. That's right, and that goes for the horse metabolism too. Anything past counting to number five with his hooves will be a great strain on his system. We will not risk your captain and first officer's bodies. First thing on our agenda is to make some kind of advanced space tonic that can control the metabolism of our hosts. I say, I know just a tonic. Lieutenant Whippin' Boy, bring me some whiskey buckets. All right, sir. I don't want to step on the patient doctor thing you got going here, but shouldn't they just stay off the fatty foods and no mayonnaise? No. You are wrong. We need more mayonnaise. I know these things, trust me. I know how to keep these bodies from exploding. Just as I also know what it would take to destroy millions utterly. Now I will show you how to make a tonic that will astound the world. Out of my way, you puny. Um, okay, sorry. Come with me, doctor, and other doctors. I will have use of your hands. Okay, we're coming. Sheesh. You know, I always thought that Mr. Ned would be better to be around with a complete personality refit. And now he's had one. Yes, I think this is all going to work out really well. It's a mission accomplished moment for sure. So, Sagan, I must say, I don't quite understand what motivates you here. I think I get what you're trying to do with a proposed influence scheme. But where do the great chests of space gold come into the picture? What is the payout? <laughs> well, Uncle Brigham has wiggled his way back into the tabernacle testicle again. I'm Willard McMillan and wife Romney, right back here in my own body. And you are? I'm one of your officers aboard a spaceship, sir. I guess Sagan must have vacated your body so he didn't burn up your metabolism. Yes, he's always been the most thoughtful of the LDS founders and presidents. And when his followers butchered all the settler folk in that wagon trade back in 1857, he knew just how to change the subject. That reminds me, whales evolved from hooved corgi dogs. <laughs> Best get the queen on the phone. She's gonna need a pull. No, and more mayonnaise. 
and two cartons of eggs. Put this bacon in here and pork, more pork. I found some lard here. You will add that, you will. I say, I suggest we deep fry the whole shebang. Yes, we will do that. And then you will feed it to the captain when Sagan is in his body. <laughs> I say, this wholesome godly food will kill sodomites dead. He's right about that. This could give the whole crew cardiac arrest. But hey, I thought the whole idea of making the tonic was to stop the captain's body from expiring. You know nothing. Your brain is like that of the lonely one that I tread into the dirt. You are dirt. You will say nothing. Sure, what's a little conspiracy that leads to catastrophic treasonous consequences between doctors? Yes, now you understand. And soon all of them will understand. I intend to keep this body and this ship. And I will destroy anything or anyone that gets in my way. Now, continue with the recipe that I have given you. And feed it to your captain when Sagan is in his body. Yes. <laughs> feed it to him. I say, he may be a devilish sodomite, but he knows how to lead men. Stonewall Jackson's horse was like that. Shot up a dozen Yankee mules before he fell at the Battle of Bullock's Run. You know, Mr. Pearl, when I was coming out of the glowing tabernacle testicle, my consciousness passed Uncle Brigham's consciousness. For a fleeting moment, we were as one, and I understand what he wants now. <laughs> More wives! <laughs> Best make sure his robot has all the necessary appendages. Think of it. He can spawn a whole new generation of robotic space Mormons! Yeah, uh, that's amazing, sir. But I thought Sagan was doing this more to get his elite pacifist ideology back into the vanguard of the intergalactic intellectual discourse. <laughs> That's just another way of saying lots of wives. I'm not sure that any of you quite get the gist of what I'm trying to accomplish here. But it doesn't matter. Your civilization, yourselves, and your progeny will all benefit from it. <laughs> I have no doubt. There's really nothing that we do that doesn't benefit my sons, Tag, Tunk, Taint, and Ernie. Captain? Begoto to the captain? Captain here. Go ahead, Dr. Goat. We've got the tonic ready and boy is it hardy. We're going to bring it down. I hope you have a big appetite. There's a lot of it and it's extra chunky. Sure, I'm just about to jump out of my body and let my consciousness squish around inside the gonadic tabernacle. Uncle Brigham will let me know if it's good stuff. Maybe I'll throw up after I come back into my body and I'll have a look at it then. Okay, we're coming down. I'm starting to realize what a pivotal role Ned plays in this show. Without him, it pretty much turns into an inexplicable puppet show. Hey, I resent that. I'm nobody's puppet. That is, until the right offer comes along. Mr. Mercer? Mr. Coke? Are you listening? Do you think they might want an android? Does anyone want me? 
I'm afraid your value has gone way down since work got underway on Dr. Teller's prototype. It's being fitted with deadly lasers and missile defense systems. It will be able to expel radioactive gas from a nozzle in the back. It's a superior machine, for sure. If he gives it the face of a popular president like Andrew Jackson, it will be unstoppable. <laughs> Got old hickory nuts. He was made entirely out of wood. I guess there's just no room in the universe anymore for an android with my talents. Congratulations. Congratulations. You never died somehow. They kept your brain alive. Congratulations. Congratulations. They honor you so you get the special ride. Right by your side All they want about me Is how that I lie children, still in the metaphorical sense, it's time to swap out consciousnesses again. Are you ready, Captain Romney? <laughs> I sure am. I've been preparing for nothingness my whole life. 
And that's largely thanks to you, Uncle Brigham. Uh, yes. Glad I could oblige. Here we go. Stand still. Mr. Stephanie R. <laughs> you know, just saying your name makes me sound like a pirate. Stephanie R. <laughs> Can you hand me that case? There's a few things I want to bring with me into the tabernacle this time. Essential stuff, you know, like a shoe tree, a little plastic lantern in the shape of a bear, and a family of Brazil nuts. Here you go, sir. Oh no, I have fallen and knocked you down. But the transfer has already taken place. Sagan is transferring into the Stephanie clone instead. What will this mean? I'm unable to compute the ramifications to the script and the story. Of course you can't. You're only a simple machine. I'm sure Dr. Teller's robot will know what to do. Or at least, it will be able to kill the show's entire audience with a radioactive fallout. I think one guy could probably manage that with a penknife. I can still hope. I'm still an elephant. I mean, I'm still relevant. Look, I've just fabricated something in this anima bag. Look! Mr. Stephanie R. is standing up in the middle of the room! Obviously, there's been some error, and I've transferred my consciousness into this person. Mr. Stephanie R. instead. Oh, sir, you don't want to be in there. He's got a red shirt on. If there are deadly rays or sparkly special effects gas clouds on the set, you'll die for sure. Besides, the Stephanies are all anemic clones, and their arms fall off and their heads deflate and their legs are mismatched. Trust me, sir, you don't want to be in there. Thank you for the warning, Mr. Pearl, but this body should suit for the limited amount of time I need it. Right now I'm going to the robotics bay and check to see how my new body is shaping up. <laughs> you know, we should start collecting up some old appliances and spare parts. We can surprise Uncle Brigham with a full set of 50 robotic wives. We can just put a mop on top of the Nixon robot and call him Sheila. Uncle would be so pleased. That would be me in the wilderness for sure, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, I'm still relevant. My mind is like an encyclopedia. That's great, sir. That will save Uncle Brigham from having to buy a set. You really need one with 120 kids writing reports and impressing their pioneer teachers. Uh, I think I'm going over to the Mission Impossible set to see if they need another guest star for this week. Hey, Sulu. While you're there, see if any Nazis might be interested in an upgraded Stinger missile package. I've got a special going this week. Oh, I've got to be careful with this. I wouldn't want to drop it and have to make another batch. Now, Sagan, Captain, this is all for you. No sharing now. Eat every last spit. Dr. Teller's orders. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. But I'm Willard Mississippi and Romney back in my own big body. But just the same, I'd like to do justice to your cooking. Mr. Pearl, why don't you go get some very small buckets and some biscuit grease out of the whipping shed? I'll be here with Ma. Um, yes, sir. Uh, I'll go check on that right now. First the Ned... I mean, Doc Teller, how is something that looks like a school of smuckers jellyfish gonna work like an elbow? It will have a million times the strength of your pathetic arms and legs and head, you puny. It's like trying to teach your life's work. 
know where the whipping shed is? Wow, nice prototype, Dr. Teller. That's really coming along well. You've got seven arms on it. Um, why so many? Why should I answer? Why? I will tell you. What is the difference? One arm has the laser. One arm has the super power. One has the biogenic weapon. One the neutron nerve agent. One has the antimatter detonation device. One has an iron cell disruptors. The last one has flowers and a dove that have been made from poison plutonium. Well, that's just fantastic. You can just send that robot anywhere. You can make it an ambassador to some problematic planet of space Arabs and then just let him go to work. You, you were not supposed to see no, not yet. So far, I have had to liquidate all the others that were liable to talk and tell others what they have seen. 
You know, I was wondering why there was a pile of dead crewmen out in the hall. I just thought it was a form of space plague or something. Oh my god, a space plague! I won't tell anybody, Dr. Teller. Except for my manager, maybe. But he's the soul of discretion. Oh yeah, and I might tell some other neocons in the think tank. You know, for gloating purposes. If you breathe a word of this to your captain or to say, it will be your last breath. No, it will be your second to last breath. Your last breath will be in the radioactive cloud of protokilanium gas. Mum's the word. I mean, no kill I. I mean, please don't kill me. Who are you? You have the wrong room. The space morgue is down the hall. Why don't you try to work there? I can help you fit in. I'm here to see what progress you're making on our android hosts. What are you doing that ridiculous body, Sagan? You cannot be a leader of our supreme and great people if you look like that and you speak like that would be scorned and all you say disregarded. I can see that five million years of being alone in your own mind hasn't had any therapeutic benefits. You are just as craven as ever. You let them put my mind in the gumball machine. All I thought about was gum. Five million years of gum. Though the balls have a passing resemblance to the molten fireballs that I love to see ascend into the heavens. It is not enough. And now I am back in this body, and I will have my revenge. Honestly, when we put you in the gumball machine, it was kind of a joke. No one thought you would even survive for a day in there. Fermi even started a betting pool. I put my money on ten days. I had hate and fiendish ambition to keep me alive. I also had the electricity in the machine. Now I will put my hate and resentment to work. He's pulled out a deadly laser. You die now, Sagan, and I become the only representative of our once proud planet. A planet of gods has now become me. Stephen Hawking bet that you would last a million years and come out saying something like that. Now you are nothing, Sagan. No time to transfer your mind back to the receptacle. I destroyed that anyhow, just in case. Um... I just remembered, I have an appointment with my pedicurist. I think he does hooves, too. You may want to make an appointment. The first consultation is free. If you don't kill him, he might even give you a lot of other free things. Anyhow, uh, thanks, Dr. Teller. Uh, See you later. You will not leave. You are not my creature. Oh, sure. Uh, Okay, actually, I squirm around pretty well, given the opportunity. Actually, I like all of your ideas. They are a pretty good fit for the Confederation, too. Would you consider being crazy for them for a few missions? I don't need your Confederation. I need obedience. I will take this ship and this galaxy, and I will test my weapon so pretty. This 
destruction on a planetary scale. No, on a cosmic scale. But the sun, it smites me. Using my own fusion ideas to create light and life and nice happy spring days. Those I hate. My first target will be the sun. Um, okay. I don't suppose you'd want to just send it a cease and desist letter. My lawyer is good at those. Or get a greasy quasar to lean on it a little. Maybe pull off some of its corona and scare it some. No, it will be obliterated by this ship and by me. Um, sure. Uh, can we please just go to commercial break now while I'm still alive? Oh yeah, we don't have commercials anymore. I'll just sing my song then.
something about the artificial light on the ship makes me happy enough to sing. Sir, I think you sang your song already. So, please don't do it again. Uh, look over there. The receptacle and the gumball machine. They've both been destroyed. <laughs> and so they were. That's okay. Mormons don't chew gum, you know. It can pull your teeth out. And then bits of brain can leak out through your tooth holes. But Mr. Stephanie R. and Mr. Ned, their consciousnesses, they were in those receptacles. They must be dead now. Dead! Mr. Stephanie's body is dead as well, sir. I saw it on a pile outside the robotics bay. Is this show almost over? Well, that would mean that Sagan is dead. Ned is dead. And Stephanie R. is dead. <laughs> but which one is dead? I say, sir, your first officer and your best horse is dead, sir. And now the show that bears his name cannot be far behind. You must act decisively, as Bull Connor did when faced with a similar situation. Well, back in the day, we tried to put Ned down a few times, but he kept taking the electrodes off of himself and putting them on our cut-rate Mexican veterinarians. We put down a lot of Mexicans that day. <laughs> More than Davy Crockett, Sam Houston, Jim Laredo, Wilbur Waco, and Jane Austen combined. <laughs> what are you talking about, Willard? You couldn't put down a lacquer turd in an industrial-sized crapper. Mr. Nixon, sir. <laughs> Such a language. But wait a minute. That's Mr. Ned. Hey, you're dead. The gumball machine, it's broken, wrecked. Gum on the walls. Somehow my consciousness got transferred into the Nixon android. This really sucks. This thing handles like a freighter full of loose bolts. And I'm inhabiting the broken gumball machine. All the humiliation. All the pain. Do you think that President Trump would be interested in chewing any of my gum? I'm still relevant. Hi, everybody. Oh, good. The Nixon android. I need you to go into the robotics bay and blow yourself up. Teller's in there. He's mad as a Polinian header woman on space meth. Go blow yourself up, Pearl, and then we'd solve two problems. What? That alive? Impossible. Teller destroyed the gumball machine. I was transferred into this bag of tin right before he did it. I have a titanium chassis, electromagnetic suspension, by shitty and drive and a Corinthian leather seat. You don't even have any gumballs, lunkhead. Anyhow, Sagan is dead. Tell it killed him right in front of me. And now he wants the ship, and he wants to use it to destroy the sun. Okay, okay, he drives a hard bargain. He wants to kill Ernie, right? <laughs> Everybody does at some point. <laughs> he must have been exposed to the kind of radiation that turns folks into television producers. No, sir, not your son. He wants to kill the sun up in the sky for stealing his fusion ideas and for making flowers grow and making people happy at beach parties. Ooh. I think he's got something against Annette Funicello, too. Mr. Welsh, can we beam him into space or something? Maybe lure him into the transporter room with a bag of carrots? Ah, sir, ain't the ship beaming is a dangerous thing? We usually reserve it for special episodes, and this isn't one. <laughs> Or I can put him down the old pioneer way. 
Drive them up the Mormon Matterhorn and then down fast. <laughs> Bullets were expensive in those days. Hey, that's my body you're talking about. I want that thing back, and I want it clean first, and I want my usual displacement fee. Uh, mad scientist in a horse body on the bridge. Ah, yes. Where is the helm? You, show me the helm. Didn't I kill you once already? I kill you a second time. Um, yes, sir. I'm sorry, sir. The helm is over there. That's the helm, sir. You, you, at the helm, take us to the sun. I got full speed and full power. Uh, did you have any particular sun in mind? There are a few in the sector. I fought the one that doubted me and underestimated me. The Earth Sun, take us there. Now! No more cursed delays. Uh, okay. Course laid in. Engaging warp drive. <laughs> ah, the bridge. With a nice fresh paint job. <laughs> the mighty red and blue. We pledge our hearts and hands. This is the turbo lift, fool. Get out of it. We've reached our floor. And I don't want to hear you singing your high school fight song ever again. What is this? What is this? I'm going to guess a melon. Am I right? <laughs> Sorry, I've got a bazoonian melon plantation on my mind lately. You're crazy, Captain Person. You were supposed to be killed by the tannic. Why is it you still speak? The guy was able to talk a blue streak in the episode we did about his brain being gone. Um, Dr. Teller, um, I mean, Captain Teller. Remember, I'm squirming for you now, so please bear that in mind while you're pointing deadly lasers around. Jig is up, Teller. I want my body back. I can't even go into a department store in this Nixon contraption. All the store detectives follow me around expecting me to steal and lie. No, this is your body no longer. It belongs to me, just as this ship belongs to me. Uh, we've reached the Earth's sun, Dr. Teller. What did you want to do again? This is what I have lived for. This is what I have worked for for so long. We will split this imposter like an orange. That's what we will do. And then we will take what is mine. Hey, what effect will destroying the sun have on the homeworld? Probably nothing much, right? <laughs> That's the advantage of not believing in man-made climate change. What you don't believe in can never hurt you, right? <laughs> Captain, here, give him this. It's from Saiken. Wink, wink. <laughs> Radio. Here, boy. How about having the sugar cube? Willard, I hate freaking sugar cubes. I'm not Tango or Pumpkin Toe running the other ungulates that have ever been mentioned on this show. I say General Lee's horse liked him some whiskey with just a bit of sugar in it. That made it slip down easy. I will take the sugar. I 
It will make my mind work even faster. What will I do next? <laughs> Give me the sugar. <laughs> well, here you go, Doc Teller, you old devil you. The sweet and the revenge that I have planned for so long. Oh my god, you just poisoned the mad scientist guy, and you did it with such ease. I thought he was going to outsmart you with his hyper brainwaves or something. Poison? What? No, it was too sweet and pure and white. You know, I know how you feel, Doc Teller. How can you go wrong with a base like that? Where were they in 2012? I must transfer. I I can't get out. I I must transfer. Zagan, let me transfer. Zagan. Zagan? I thought he was dead. Didn't he die when Teller killed Stephanie R? No, I couldn't allow the death of someone so vital to the plot of the episode. And I had even more incentive since it was me. But, but you're inside a part of John? Yes, it couldn't be helped. It was the only receptacle around when I did my emergency consciousness transfer. Take my advice. If Pearl comes near you, put up your occupied sign. It's no good, Teller. You can't transfer the normal way. I've sabotaged the special effects department and have taken away their coat hangers and string. Also, their woo-woo sound effects are inoperable. Uh-oh, that's the sound I like. And to be on the safe side, I've taped up the horse's ass, so you will not be able to get your consciousness out that way either. Hey, I'm gonna need that ass. No, oh, please. I have so much work to do. I will destroy you. The poison sugar cube should be having its effect by now. How are we going to know without any special effect sounds? You are killing me, Sagan. Hey, careful about that stagger. Tell her. Don't fall onto that railing. I don't want any bruising on those flanks. <clears throat> I say the evil horse is dead, Captain. And now we can use it to supplement our vittles. Horse hash cooked in fracking brine and eased over broiled badger brisket. Get away from that horse or I'll drive this disgraced android over your carcass. Hey, what's that weird sound? I've released my hold on your special effects department. There's something wrong. It's the transfer of consciousness sound effect. It's playing on a loop. Oh my god, we've all been transferred into unconventional receptacles. How could this happen? Oh no, I'm the Portageon. Oh, the humiliation. Well, at least your uniform will fit better now. You probably smell better too. Hi. And I'm the rug cleaner that belonged to the former captain of the ship, Captain James Tupanian Kirk. Oh, God. I remember him. How could I forget? He only bogarted every scene I was ever in. 
Check out my work on that show sometime. You'll only see him, the stupid fat ham. This is a fine place you have here, mister. So grateful just to have a part. But then when they finally have a seat for me, the plastic captain comes and eats my greens. The world's biggest asshole. Now it's floating here in empty space. Oh, the cameras are orbit in a stupid face. Won't allow me to live my dream. It's all about him and his industry of self-congratulations. This place it smells like ham. Think I have to find it to an onion to get my senses.
anyway, I seem to be inside the body of Doc B. Goto. Could be worse, I guess. And I'm inside Captain Romney, which means I'm president almost. Or captain. <laughs> so let me get this straight. I'm the rug cleaner. Mr. Nixon is the gumball machine. Ned is Mr. Nixon. Mr. Pearl is the porta potty. Doc is the bottle of Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean is Mr. White. <laughs> Mr. White is Mr. Voter. <laughs> yes, well, it looks like I need to be moving on. Thank you, Captain Romney and crew. Good luck making it through the next hundred years or so without blowing yourselves up. Wait a minute, Einstein. You're just going to leave us like this. Uh, yep, uh, probably. That's how the franchise crumbles. Goodbye, all. <laughs> See you later, Uncle Brigham. <laughs> My stars, he's a character, isn't he? But what if I have to use the bathroom? I can't use myself, can I? Just go inside the shuttle bay and depressurize it. Do us all a favor, Pearl. <laughs> well, for a while anyway. It looks like we're going to be the happiest crew in space. Oh, Jesus. This didn't work, so I'm taking my leave. Now the know nothing, see nothing, think nothing crew can return to know nothing things they do. I gave them a chance, but they proved unworthy. Not one of those men has the sense of a tree. That's why I'm choosing not to be Yo-ho, blow this man down I'm so out of this town Leave me in non-existence Anything's better than this shit I called them my children Yes, that's what I said The grandiose notion So bright in my head But they've ingested too much lead I tried to impart Some knowledge, some skill But they were so stupid And stupider still As infinite stupid They fit the That's been spent indeed Let me return to the dead Please Do 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 dum dum de do Dum de dum dum de dum dum de dum do 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 dum de do Love a love love a love dum dum de do
surging blood again. Half a million years. Splinters already. I didn't even know the chords. I don't even know the chords. If you want to, we could do it now. Sure, why not? Okay. <laughs> looks like a rare live performance. It's a rare live performance known only to the geeks. <clears throat> Yo. Oh, 
that's all we needed was another song after we had 40 songs jam-packed into that lightning quiet episode yeah mr ned trek the show <laughs> mr ned trek the show the show fantissimo <laughs> show fantissimo yeah there were a lot of songs in that show yeah about 30 40 30 50 100 100 i think there were 100 songs One, in that two. show <laughs> I see thousands. <laughs> Nobody knows what you're talking about, Joe. <laughs> I know. Nobody knows you. I know. Sorry. <sighs> Nobody knows. It's a visual Nobody reference. See. I know he's making a visual re- reference. This is an audio podcast. I know. Well, it's a bit like Susan Stamberg on NPR describing an art show. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like a I visual you were art. talking about her, her mother's like horseradish. Like cranberry. <laughs> no, she's recipe. like she's like the art exhibit correspondent. So she, she like talks about visual art. It's like <laughs> we can't. You know, we can't see this. You don't. You know. Don't you know? It's like describing a Beethoven symphony <laughs> symphony in, in with flashcards or something. I can do that. I've done that Why before. Not? I can do that. 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 I can do. I can. I can do. Oh no. <laughs> Here comes the Daleks. I can't do that. Oh, my God. Of course I can. <laughs> of Why course I, I can. Why would I be able to describe an art show? And now, <laughs> describe a on top of a man's head. <laughs> no, the apple is the man's head. <laughs> I will obliterate it. It is too confusing. Thank you, Daleks. Yes, that was the Daleks. So it's been we like haven't heard forty from them years since... since we've done a show. I don't remember no, what we like talked February, about in the last show, right? I think it was February. We still have Mafia Don as president. Mafia so I guess we Don. Haven't been, we haven't been off the air for too long. No, no, he's still there. Why were we off the air, Joe? Why were we off the air? Why Joe? were we Why off, were the, we off the, air? the air? I don't know. Why? Why, I don't know. Why, when why? was the last time we were on the air? I don't fucking remember. I don't remember. I don't damn it remember. Well, let's look. April? We do it? No. That wasn't that long. It ago. might have been. Yeah, well, we did a non-musical episode of the show. Maybe it was back in March. Even Rock doesn't remember. <laughs> Even Rock doesn't remember. Uh, February. <laughs> Holy crap. I know. <laughs> I yeah. know. It's been a while. Yeah, Sorry. Folks, <laughs> for those of you eagerly yes. waiting the next, <laughs> they probably thought we were taking off the air. Yeah, so we've been uh, missing for a while. I can't really explain our absence. <laughs> missing, presumed <laughs> good. <laughs> Audience uh, missing. But, but we did make an hour and a half Ned Drake episode. So, Is that how long it is? That's I guess as long as music. a movie, Joe. So just think. I know. Well, it took us six months to make a movie. Beat that. Yeah, beat that with a budget of... It was of, an audio movie. With a budget of uh, True. zero. Audio movie. True. True. With with a budget of zero. Let's see you do that, Francis Ford Coppola. Let's see you do that, Spandau Ballet. <laughs> <laughs> and now I will make a movie with a budget of zero. I will make a movie... With the budget of zero, I, 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 I will do it now. Now I will do it now. Now I will do it now. 
history of curious. It just starts playing something, and then I uh, kind of do a Dalek uh, funky rap on there. <laughs> Well, it's the only way to get like eight songs into a, <laughs> into an episode or seven songs. Uh, Those are a lot of songs. I did it with cornflakes. We did it with cornflakes corn method. We did it we with cornflakes corn method. So, what have you been doing since February? Oh, I want I want a list. I've been oh, I've planted, I want a Venn diagram. Planted hundreds of trees for the sanctuary. Oh, that's wonderful. helped plant hundreds of trees. Been working on gardening. It's so good. Been doing other saving races. Well, that's good. Destroying races. I mean, <laughs> you're undoing races. all the bad that I've done. I'm trying to undo all the. I'm ruining all the good. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're ruining all. That's of a the song good. by. What the fuck is her name again? Beretta. Oh yeah, Beretta. Look at Beretta. Beretta from back in uh, back in the day. Yeah. That's a good band. It was indeed. It was excellent. I wish band. I was yes. listening to them now instead of doing a podcast. I wish I had some of that now. Yeah. yeah. What have you been doing, Joe? Oh, I don't know. Nothing you useful. <laughs> He's just been here all this time, think, all these months. I've been waiting to do this. <laughs> it's been waiting for me to I'm show up. Standing here waiting for Matt to get here so we can get started, damn it. Well, pretty much uh, the way we operate is... Once a week, sometimes once every two weeks, <laughs> we get together for two hours and and hobble together, cobble together. I mean, I guess we hobble a little bit too. We hobble we, and we, we cobble. Hobble and we cobble, cobble together some bits of sound, and, and before you know it, we have a song or two. We got a bit of a song. Matt comes in with a song, and then we uh, we put it all together and we stuff it into. The plunger-like thing, and it goes through some electronics. And Joe adds <laughs> reverb, lots of reverb, generation reverb. And then soon, uh, instead of Joe Perry, <laughs> we hear Johnny Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> goes through the quake machine, and then we hear Johnny Bravo. <laughs> That's how it works, folks. It's uh, it's quite an amazing process, I think. That's an amazing process. It works it works very well. We end up with very strange songs, which is kind of what we do. Well, I thought the Edward Teller song was probably the strangest song. What? What? You puny. <laughs> I'm not sure why it calls people. <laughs> you puny. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was new to his character in this episode. I don't think he called anybody you puny before. <laughs> you puny. Take one hideous Christmas miracle. And why he shows up in Doc's song, I'm not really sure. Does he show up in another song, too? I think he does. Doesn't he? Uh, I don't know. He's got his own song. Ned didn't have a song, though. No, he didn't. I think I wrote a song for Ned, but we didn't use it. Well, he he was... We had a, a Teller song while Teller was in Ned's body. Oh, that's true. Okay. Well, you made that work, Joe. Congratulations. So the tradition continues. <laughs> tradition continues. <laughs> nothing ever dies. I nothing ever dies. <laughs> Sulu had a great song this time. Sulu, I thought Sulu had a Sulu great song. always has a good song. And it's based on based on. Oh, facts. it's based on true. Yeah, that 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 Sulu song was uh, based on George Takei. <laughs> <laughs> what he would say about Shatner. 
George Takei's Recollections of Shatner. <laughs> yes. Yes. And uh, I got to stop paying attention to when celebrities talk. That's all. Also, I know. also sort of brought up the uh, recent interview that <laughs> Randy did. <laughs> yeah, our brother-in-law did a interview with William Shatner a couple of weeks back, and somehow that made it into the song. <laughs> Just a reference in the song. <laughs> You were interviewed by some alien dude. <laughs> Randy. Was, Randy was the alien dude. Randy was the alien dude. Also known as Rangor. Yes. Yeah, he's kind of a Klingon. He's kind of the Klingon of the family. He's the Klingon of the family. Totally. Because he won't stop Klingon. <laughs> and the, as the saying goes. Indeed. But so, yeah, that's bit of a long yeah, episode, but yeah. you know, it was about an hour long and then we added the eight songs to it and then it turned so into an hour and a half another, so. yeah so, so that's another that's 25 that 30 40 minutes so uh we'll we'll see the next episode probably won't be a musical it's usually we do a musical every other episode that's right and usually it's written by the time we post the yeah well we'll see if previous episode time. which of course it isn't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> needless to say it isn't yes yeah, sir it isn't. Our production schedule has stretched out a bit since the beginning. I don't know how we did it before. I don't know either. We must have been think exhausted. I had as many projects. So now I have too many projects. Yeah, we did every month, didn't we? We yeah, did a monthly we podcast. Month. It was called This Is Big Green. Yeah, it was a monthly podcast. And, well, in the very beginning, it didn't take any production value because we that's just would true. come down just and yakking. just talk and... We'd have a song or something. Even when we were doing Rick Perry songs, so there'd be like one or two songs, and that didn't take that long. That's us and then doing for Ned this. Truck, you have to write the whole episode, and then you have to act it, and then you have to... Edit it. You have to edit it, which just takes a long time, because yeah. we make a lot of mistakes. Just squeezing the... <laughs> I know, it sounds like we keep all our mistakes, but we don't. Just squeezing the oh fuck out of it is... <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> it takes... <yes. laughs> About a half an hour of oh fucks in a two hour. Takes takes a long time, and then you have to add the all the The special effects, special effects, and door opening sounds. Yes, background sounds. It's terrible. It's it's it is fun. It's time consuming. It is fun. It is time consuming. It's very time consuming, but that's of course what we what we do. It's what we do, and we do it well. (laughs) <laughs> we do well. it well we do it well <laughs> <laughs> we do it well we do it we do it well bmd <laughs> that may well be that may well be uh, 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 uh. oh so what uh what the hell you've been doing the falcon thing yes yes i'm about to do fledge watch too so that means we'll probably be on hold for a while. By the way, if you're listening to this on our website, you can go to big-green.net slash falcon and see the progress. You of can the see live falcons. feeds of our baby falcons, which are in the box right now. Or you Sleepies. can go to what? UticaFalconProject.com? Is yes. That, is it? Utica Falcon. Peregrine Falcons. UticaPeregrineFalcons.com. Oh, UticaPeregrineFalcons.com. Yes. Keeps okay. getting longer. That's a long one. Let's add some more words to that. That's a long one. Or you can go to big-green.net slash falcon. Yeah, well, that, uh, who'd remember that? Well, if they're already listening to it on our website... And if you're a local person, they can go which there. you probably aren't, 
If you're a loco person, which you probably are. <laughs> if you're loco. Then you could come out and help us do Fledge Watch. So we can make sure those babies are fine when they finally fled. And if they get in trouble, we can help. That's true. It's a volunteer opportunity. And for for your participation, all big green you listeners will receive... What? Me? <laughs> me? <laughs> me? <laughs> he pointed at me. I don't know. <laughs> you can have a copy of our album. I think we have one or two here. It's like 40 boxes. <laughs> you could have a box of our records. <laughs> Which album is that? Is uh, that that's, the first one? That's 2,000 Years to Christmas. Oh, wow. Holy shit. You can almost like reach and drop it. If you There's literally 2,000 of them. <laughs> 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 Bit of overproduction there. A little overproduction, perhaps. <laughs> yes. Well, they went on sale, okay? That's right. Okay, so we're massive failures. But that doesn't stop us. <laughs> if you thought that failure would stop us, you're out of luck, audience. If failure had stopped us, it would have stopped us long ago. <laughs> you audience think you are so smart. You think <laughs> that good is something to be rewarded and bad. Yeah, so uh, go fire records and encourage us. <laughs> yes, that doesn't That matter. might be a good idea. We can't be. We can't be discouraged. Maybe if you just well, we can be discouraged. <laughs> we actually can be discouraged. <laughs> you send back our records with like our faces crossed out. <laughs> that might discourage. How can we be discouraged? Um. Well, people could try to discourage us. Not like how? It's just by contacting us and saying, "Don't do that thing that you do." <laughs> well, that might encourage it's us because that might <laughs> that might mean that we recognize someone. As I'm listening. saying that they can try. <laughs> I'm not saying that they will that's succeed. Not gonna work. I'm saying that they could try. We don't care what they do. No, that's true. We've made that clear. We don't care what you do. We just don't care. <laughs> just do what you want, audience. What have you t- <laughs> audience? <laughs> and we'll do what we want. <laughs> we always do what we want. That's complete contempt. You go ahead and do what you want. That's the big green oh, way. Clap if you will. <laughs> clap if you will. If you don't clap, <laughs> do we care? <laughs> an audience claps in the woods and no famous band is there to hear them. Is there a sound of clapping? No. What is the sound of one hand clapping? What is the sound of the clap? Ow. What is the sound of one foot stomping? If a tree falls on your head in the forest and you yell, ouch. Not to clap would be impious. <laughs> Thank you, John Hurt. John Hurt a little bit too badly just there. Oh, God. God to him. So, uh, so what else is new, Joe? I don't know. You know, it's, in our it's almost yes. summertime. It's when I start sticking my head in the archives. Oh. What's yeah. in there? <laughs> I don't know. Let's find phone out. Is right. we're, on, we're on a podcast oh, and the yeah. phone is right. Calling in from Columbus, Ohio. Hello, Columbus. <laughs> It it's from like a... Triangle VA. <laughs> it's from... 
<laughs> Triangle VM. We should answer that and talk to them. <laughs> Go ahead. Hello. Hello. Um, Hello, am, you're on Big Green. I am Triangle VA. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask Hello, you're Big calling Green. from Virginia. I wanted to ask Big Green. Uh, <laughs> is it really hard to like carry your equipment around? And can you fit it all in your van? Well, that's an excellent question. You know, Matt carries everything. And you know what else? I saw two deers. Oh, were they standing together? <laughs> we actually had those questions. I know. We were on the radio some some 35 years ago. Yeah, so it was when we were on WBNR. <laughs> Somebody was asking us if it's hard to carry all of our equipment. <laughs> and then they said that they saw two deers. I saw two deers. <laughs> it was somebody that would call in regularly yes. to that show. Yeah. You know what else? I, I saw, saw two, two deers. deers. Which was kind of adorable. It was extremely it was adorable. adorable. Yes. Because I, too, see two deers. Indeed. And you know what else? I saw an owlie. Yeah, Mike Cusinelli was. I saw an owlie. You remember Mike Cusinelli? Yes, of course I do. Yes. Yes, of course. He ended up working for a record company. Yeah, I know. Why didn't he sign us? (laughs) Well, I noticed. I guess I noticed that he didn't sign us. Yeah, son of a bitch. (laughs) Son of a. <laughs> this is the podcast where I we, hope you listen. Where we dump yeah. on all there's of our old guy. friends and mentors. There's another guy. <laughs> hey, you know Jim Vance like died. Oh, did he? Yeah, I thought he like died ages ago. And We're the, talking about our just like moved him around high school, from place to place. High school principal. Yeah. Well, everybody's dying now. I was thinking about all of our relatives. I know. It's like I we know. have like no uncles and aunts left. They're all dead. Yes. Our family has been devastated. I, know. I was like, holy shit. It's because we're I mean, old. We didn't make any new ones either. So like, I know. It's like the end of the line. I see the end of the line. I know. We're too busy making the show to make new people. <laughs> I hope you're satisfied. <laughs> I hope you're, <laughs> you're satisfied, audience. You had to take me down a notch, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Soon we'll be dead. You'll be satisfied then. <laughs> won't you? Won't you? Won't you? Won't you? Won't you? Won't you? Didn't I hate you all. Didn't he? Didn't he? You're going to listen to this and you're going to like it. You're going to listen to this and you're going to like it. You're going to like it. Wow, See how easily down. Matt... Writes Sirens songs downtown. Oh my goodness! I, mean, I don't hear it now. That's fantastic. I'm, lo- I'm looking at the Falcon. So theme. you actually named one of the Falcons after? <laughs> <laughs> yes, after uh, Lincoln and Lincoln? one after Lincoln Davies, which is a lumber store. <laughs> <laughs> and Lincoln Davies, you think about that. Yes, it's like they took the last Davis name. Of... Uh, yeah. I don't know why it's an old place. Actually, the guy that built the Falcon Box, he actually works there. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, he does now. That's fantastic. He's a great man. He's done wonderful things for our project. Well, he built the box. That's he for sure. He built the box. Uh, How the hell did they get it on the side of the building? It the box. Well, <laughs> we put it out the window. We? It was mostly him hanging out the window, but I helped. 
We're going into areas we probably shouldn't go into in the podcast. Okay. Because crack lawyers like Rudy Giuliani will be listening to this. You know, Hillary Clinton. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with... (laughs) There's nothing wrong with obstructing justice. Suffering Suffering Donald Trump. Douchebag. Anyway. Yeah, well, people seem to be just discovering that he's a douchebag. Whereas most of us have known that for 35 years. Everybody that's been anywhere near our state. Yes. He was totally hated as mayor until 9-11 and then he sort of halfway redeemed himself with with people being in, in New York, but not very much. And then, well, then all of a sudden, being dictatorial was an okay thing, <laughs> and literally dictatorial. Yeah. yeah, that's a major dick. Always. Just look at his client list. <laughs> yeah, I know. I heard a bit about his client list. Yes, well, he's charming. Charming. There's a list of rogues and pirates. I think he's senile, actually. Oh, yeah, he's completely demented. I mean, the way he bugs his eyes out now is like very strange. He's got the Bill Buckley syndrome of bug eyes. Except he's not nearly as smart as Bill Buckley. No, and that's not saying that much. Yeah. But I was reading a National Review the other day. In the, Why? Because I was sitting in a doctor's office. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's nothing else to read, and I was like reading it just out of curiosity, and it was pretty thin gruel. Yeah. It was weak tea. It written by Tucker Carlson or weak, something. Uh, what is it? What's the what's the phrase? A, a weak tea. sauce. Weak sauce. Yeah. It's weak sauce. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Birds are free. <laughs> Birds are free, man. Birds are free, man. You gotta stop cowtowing to the suits. It's <laughs> <laughs> sold out to the man. In California, what you say. What you said, we'd call that weak sauce. It's weak sauce. Yeah, that was about the tongue lashing I got. That's a serious tongue lashing you got. to the suits. You're cowtowing. Yeah, I know. You're selling out. All right, what's a big sell out? <laughs> Thank you, Dalek. Damn. But that was 20 years ago. That was long ago. That was like five years ago. I, I sold out to the suits five years ago. <clears throat> I know it's sad, but true. so what else was in National Review? Now I'm curious. It seems like every article quotes from the Federalist Papers, like uh, from Federalist Number, you know, whatever. That it's always sound, Madison. That sounds you know? riveting. A, yeah, I know. It's that sounds riveting. It's it's numbingly samey. Who writes for it now? Nobody that I recognized. Huh. I mean. Not like Ranesh Panuru or somebody. It's like, oh, I think Ranesh he's. I think Panuru. he's out of it. I think, well, he's he's like he's he's uh, head of their foundation, or he's a fellow from their foundation. Or he's a fellow. He's a fellow. Of course, he's a fellow. Can we write for it? Sure, why not? I could probably write something for them. <laughs> just read it a couple of times, and you can just. <laughs> Just uh, take it's random like, yeah, quotes out of the Federalist Papers. <laughs> You're all set. <laughs> just you salt a couple of those in there. Just got yeah. it. <laughs> I call myself like Ruckley or something. Yes, just call yourself Ruck- William Ruckley. William F. Ruckley. <laughs> <laughs> Rutrow. 
Brian William I can't even say it. Ratchet Reesman. Ratchet Reesman. Oh, God. Oh, God. Now, God. So, is there any point to our show? What are we talking about now? (laughs) What are they doing now? (laughs) He's quoting a Japanese. Matt's watching the birds. Yes, I was just checking to see where the parents were. Indeed. They're on the state building. Well, it's important. We have many cameras, folks. We actually, have, I think we have eight cameras now. Yeah, you've turned Utica into a surveillance state. Yes, I know. Except we're only surveilling birds. I know. People uh, can feel safe. Actually, somebody jumped off the building, and we, did, we didn't catch it because our cameras were on the birds. <laughs> somebody climbed up and like jumped off I know, the, literally, the roof literally, of the Adirondack yeah. Bank building and... Our cameras were right, right there, and well, one of our cameras was right there, but it was pointing the other way at a bird. That's right. Um, I thought that you know the, the police investigator was going to ask for the video, you know, because they they don't know, you know, they don't know where what we're recording. Sure, but they didn't ask for days, and I was kind of joking for a while, thinking, "No, oh, the police are really, you know." really on the job here <laughs> to like investigate the crime scene and you can't miss our ptz camera which is huge on the roof and they never even asked to see if we have any footage of what happened and then finally an inspector called like i don't know three or four days later oh really and he asked me and i i told him that you know i that we were recording at that time but you know, the camera was pointing in a different direction. And I said, if he wants, we could provide him with the, with the footage from that day. They didn't even want the footage. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean... Did they when, suspect foul play or was it... No, I don't think so. They, pretty were, they were pretty sure that this guy was, like, doing him, popping himself. So, But still, I mean... Uh, the due diligence. Just confirm, if I yeah. was the inspector, I would have wanted. I wouldn't have taken the word of me that <laughs> my camera was pointing the other direction. Then, because yeah. how do they know how vigilant I am about where the camera is pointing? Right. And now, it just so happens that we're completely obsessive compulsive, so we knew exactly where our cameras were pointing at that exact time. <laughs> but um, and that camera, you can change the angle on. Yeah, I can move it. The one that I have up on my phone now, I can move it like 360 degrees around. Wow. It's pan, tilt, and zoom. It's amazing. Zoom. Zoom. We have two of those on the roof. Wow. One would have been in plain sight of the guy. But, I mean, he didn't ask about the sound either. We don't have sound on that camera, so it doesn't matter. But you would think that he would have asked. Did the guy jump off the side of the building that the box was No, in? thank God. That would have been terrible. I mean, it's terrible that somebody jumped off the building, but if they hit our Falcon box on the way down, that would have been, like, absolutely terrible. But that was before they were nesting. I mean, they were still defending the nest and doing ledge displays and stuff, but I'm yeah. not sure what Astrid would have thought. I mean, it's bad enough that there's monkeys inside the building. If a monkey comes down. <laughs> Monkeys. <laughs> well, that's what the falcons consider people. It's like, oh, no, monkeys. There's she monkeys in the street. When she sees monkeys in the window, she gets pissed. Oh. 
So she starts flying in front of the windows. If all of a sudden monkeys are flying around monkeys. outside, <laughs> she's not going to like that. <laughs> monkeys aren't supposed to fly. You, know. <laughs> you monkeys can't fly. You monkeys, you. You monkeys, you. you. Monkeys, Give you. me back hats. <laughs> she hates it when it's like after the weekend, because the weekend there's the no monkeys in the state building and there's hardly any monkeys in the back bank building. And then all of a sudden the weekends are over and there's monkeys again. And she gets pissed off on Monday because Monday is monkey day. <laughs> Monk day. <laughs> she hates the bald monkey day. I hate bald monkey day. So, you know, after a while you're able to read the birds and so, you know, and she's pissed and she's pissed on monkey day. Wow. That's amazing. Because, you know, in the wild, they don't really, if they're nesting on a remote cliff, they don't have to deal with people too often. Although that's not strictly true because they have conflicts with, with rock climbers. You know, because it just so happens that rock climbers look for the same cliff, the same profile in a climbing cliff that a peregrine falcon looks for for its breeding spot. So there is conflict there. Okay. And they could disturb a nesting falcon huh. pretty easily by by climbing their cliffs. And so there are conflicts. I could see where they'd get kind of unnerved by people like looking at them from just a few feet away. Yeah, and worse, that could keep them from incubating and can keep them from feeding their young. So that's all bad. And they can hurt themselves when they're you know, diving at people. So they get dis- they get disturbed by people being in the state office building. Uh, not usually inside the state office building because those are pretty sturdy windows and they can't really see people so much in there. But if people go on the roof of the state office building, they get pissed off. If people are walking around in the bank building and too close to their windows, which are adjacent to the box at all, then or on the floor below the box, they'll get irritated. That monkeys. They don't like monkeys. I don't like monkeys. I don't like monkeys. <laughs> it's like trying to teach a life's work. Yeah, there are lots of monkey references in the in these songs and that batch of songs. The Edward Teller song had uh, okay. a monkey reference. And so did uh so did the Sulu song had a monkey reference too. He couldn't allow <laughs> another chip to have his own monkey climbing tree. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, did, did the Romney song have a monkey reference too? I think maybe. <laughs> we had three songs with monkey references. There, yeah, there was another monkey reference. <laughs> what the hell? Oh is no, it was the it was the Sagan song. Oh, okay. I'd rather be inside uh, the random monkey from the zoo. zoo. Okay, right. <laughs> As long as they have hands that can work some instruments, <laughs> struggle through embarrassing moments. Oh. <laughs> yes, I hope that uh, the family of Carl Sagan appreciates <laughs> that we've turned him into a singer-songwriter, Sagan. <laughs> He's actually a very talented singer. Most of you know of his work with uh, astronomy, his work 
educating the public on science and planetary exploration politics but he was also a very talented singer he was indeed and he appears to be here right now and a songwriter <laughs> and songwriter extraordinaire Sagan <laughs> yeah, it was good to have Sagan and Teller together <laughs> I Sagan and Teller to keep they the had them both on it. <laughs> yes that's a good and evil scientist. Yes, I will try to keep a lead. <laughs> I'm not really sure what Edward Teller sounded like. <laughs> I think he Close sounded enough. slightly like that. Close maybe. enough. <laughs> if he didn't sound like that, he, he should, should have. have. He should have. <laughs> he, was, he was evil, though. So we got that part. Oh, right. I'm not sure that Nixon sounded like Nixon. <laughs> didn't really sound too much. <laughs> he a didn't little sound bit. like that. <laughs> Damn it, Henry, you gotta think big. <laughs> it sounded a little bit like that. <laughs> it's kind of more his speech voice. Yeah. It's like when we talk like Bernie Sanders, it is his speaking <laughs> to a crowd voice. voice. It's like he doesn't talk like that when he's inside. <laughs> Jane, where are my slippers? <laughs> I'm at home, god damn it. <laughs> Jane, how do you stop this crazy thing? <laughs> Help Jane. <laughs> wow. What if Jane and Bernie Sanders were yeah. all of a sudden the Jetsons? <laughs> Meet Bernie Jetson. Meet Bernie Jetson. Dun -dun 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 -dun. Jane, his, his wife. wife. <laughs> his boy, Elroy. Does he have no, a boy, Elroy? No, I don't think so. Does he have a daughter, Judy? Daughter, Judy. Judy, you are not my daughter. <laughs> what was the robot made? Why are they playing free jazz behind your name? <laughs> Rosie was... As if to suggest that you are somehow... <laughs> to suggest... Somehow eminently available. <laughs> it's dehumanizing. Not sure I agree with that at all. <laughs> not sure I agree with the pairing of... All Free I know jazz music is that the name of my daughter. The jazz musicians and my daughter should all have access <laughs> to free health care, <laughs> to free higher education, <laughs> and we should be able to give our young people the right to have a job and a living wage. <laughs> and a living wage. <laughs> and a living wage. <laughs> Say that twice for emphasis. I'll put it here. <laughs> and then a little bird lands on my shoulder and I smile at him. <laughs> That's right, that little bird. Land. This little house sparrow landed on his shoulder when he was talking. No, it was actually on his podium. Oh, well, I thought yeah. it landed on him. Well, I, the part yeah, I saw I was on right. his podium. Yeah, it was the podium. Yeah. Yeah, he was kind of looking at it, and the crowd was going crazy. And the crowd went crazy. And the crowd went wild. Even little birds. Even little birds. Should be should eligible for free health care. <laughs> health coverage. And should a have job. a right to a clean environment. Health care. Clean water. Clean water. Air. <laughs> water and air. <laughs> and uh, air. And uh, eh. 
Way too to go to the moon. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Think we've gone too far. <laughs> Think we've gone too far. See, I can't imitate. And I am <laughs> Bernie Sanders the Dalek. <laughs> what if the Dalek took over Bernie Sanders? <laughs> you should all have free health care before you are exterminated. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh yeah, we should do the time to go song. Oh. I'm losing my voice now. <laughs> you don't want to go. Joe doesn't want to go. I don't want to go. <laughs> he looks so sad. But I don't want to go. I like it here. <laughs> but I like it here. But I like it here. But I like it here. Oh, can't I stay? Can't I please stay, sir? Oh, Can please. Can I have some more? Oh, please, I want to stay. <laughs> I want to stay. Stay. Like being the only living cell <laughs> in a dead body. It's, <laughs> it's like being the only living thing in a vast universe of pus. Oh, my God. I would have something to say about that. <laughs> I would have something to say. Remember the movie called The Beast with Five Fingers? <laughs> I was it's in the, down there. It was Ingram's hand that was <laughs> playing the piano somehow even after he was dead. <laughs> Ingram's hand. Remember those pieces of music Ingram's hand was playing? <laughs> it was... <laughs> So those are chords that he would never play. <laughs> they have to have like a grand piano sound. Yeah, it has to be darker. Some more dissonance. The jazzy, the monk version of Ingram. the monk. <laughs> Hi, I'm monk Ingram. We'll be here all night. It's Thelonious Ingram <laughs> and the hand. <laughs> That's a give a hand. <laughs> give him a hand. Give a big hand. <laughs> no, five. really, he needs a hand. Give a big <laughs> hand with five fingers. <laughs> give a big beast with five fingers. <laughs> no, really, he needs a hand. He's missing it. So give him a big hand. <laughs> Oh, little Give birdie flap him his wings. Oh, that's so cute. It's, it's still light. Piotr. It's still so light out. Uh, I know. Well, this is on the 15th floor of the state building, so. My goodness. Closer to the sun. <laughs> <laughs> so there, Joe. That makes no, no, look, it's dark out your stupid window because you're not as close to the sun. That's right. And we're we're far the, away from the sun. We're in the ass of the house. I thought that was the sun. <laughs> we're in the ass of the house, which is the basement. <laughs> yes, we're in the ass of the house. Well, this is where Great I do all Joe. my best work. <laughs> we have to be in the stupid ass of your house. Yeah, that's ridiculous. You come out of his house and he immediately puts you in the ass of the house. Makes him go downstairs. Because he's ashamed. Stupid down here. <laughs> Stupid down here. Stupid down here and I hate it. 
It's like he's got this equipment down here, except he doesn't let anybody use it. Because it's, it's stupid. And he's like, does these songs. Because it's stupid. Stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> this is our podcast. So don't do it in the ass of Joe's house. It's called stupid. stupid. It's called stupid. That's what people sound like around here when they're young. Yes, that's well, that's that's what we sounded up sounded we like should, growing up. We're going to do a new podcast. It's called. And it's going to be called stupid. It's called growing up stupid. It's called growing down. <laughs> growing, growing, growing down. down. Growing down. Growing down. With Beefsteak Charlie. <laughs> and Wadnam. And a sidekick to Wadnam. <laughs> and a sidekick to Wadnam. The Dwadnam. Sidekick to the Dwadnam. <laughs> oh, it can't be so. Uh, let's do our goodbye, Dwadnam. Kato! Oh, oh no! Oh no! Mayonnaise! <laughs> mayonnaise! <laughs> this song is going out to mayonnaise! Okay, well, thank you for listening, and here we go. Me, 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 me. in the family. <laughs> Indeed, we actually do. Yeah, now. Damn. Be strong. Be strong. He's got power. He's got glory. He's got power. He's got glory. Well, that's all we got. This is Big Green brought to you by, I don't know, the Mercers or... Coke Brothers or somebody with a lot of money. Mercer. Isn't that like some kind of bacterial disease? have no mercy. Brought to you by a bacterial disease. Oh my god, not that. Check us out at big-green.net. On Twitter, at Big Green Joe. You can check out Mets. Falcon Project. That's what your science has done to me. Your what has science done to all of us? Your fantastic me. Oh no. Only the primitives can cleanse me. Indeed.